0: Hello to our early stage founders in Vietnam, our aspiring entrepreneurs, and those just curious about the entrepreneurship journey. This is not just another VC podcast. AVB Founders and Friends is here to share candid stories about the founders in the ecosystem, really demystifying and bringing light to their early stage journey, especially those first six to 12 months. I'm Adrian. And I'm Ho. And we're the hosts of the AVB Founders and Friends podcast.
1: Hi, everyone. We're your hosts, Adrian and Ho, and welcome back to ABB Founders and Friends podcast season one. We're sitting down with successful founders in Vietnam and beyond to get a behind the scene look on their first hires and early teams of their companies.
0: And today we are here with special guests, Christopher Nguyen, founder and CEO of Domatic. Dr. Christopher Nguyen earned his PhD in electrical engineering from Stanford university and was an assistant professor at Hong Kong university of science and technology, where he co-founded the computer engineering program. He was also the first engineering director at Google apps, which includes calendar docs, spreadsheets, et cetera. We could probably spend the entire episode talking about all the amazing things that he's done, but we want you to hear from him himself.
1: Christopher, thanks for joining us today. So I have two questions for you. Number one, what is one thing that you want our audience to know and remember about you?
2: Well, I guess in this context, it will be the same. You know, I'm, I'm quite proud to to, to my, my relevant Vietnam claim to fame is that uh, I helped put Vietnamese into Unicode uh, 30 years ago. It was a, a sort of a side effort uh, that was completely off track from my PhD work uh, but it turns out to be much more impactful uh, nobody remembers what I do for, for my PhD anymore uh, <laughs> and and the second thing is that also um, I, I didn't know it at the time but 1997 I first went back to Vietnam uh, working then with Netscape and uh, Sun uh, to help this, uh, then backward country, you know, with, with some of the technical effort. And it turned out to be the first internet connection for Vietnam out of VNPT, uh, VDC, Vietnam Data Corporation, connecting to Telstra in Australia. Uh, the whole country had 128 kilobits. So imagine <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> Those are some really cool uh, facts about you. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and the second question that I have about you is about AI Tomatic. Um, which is your current startup. Can you share with our audience a little bit about what AI-Tomatic is working on now?
2: Sure. AI-Tomatic uh, in, in some sense does something very esoteric, but in a very different sense, something that is very near and dear to your heart. Like you can gather it's very different from a Google or a Facebook or a Twitter. We, we deal with companies and uh, we call them industrial companies that touch your lives in very physical ways, right? It turns out, you know, the last 40, 50 years, we talk about cyberspace and things like that. It was only because technology couldn't reach out and touch you, right? And so we created the concept of cyberspace and sort of sort of restricted ourselves. But as soon as we have sensors, actuators, and so on, we extend the powers of technology, in particular AI, machine learning, to the physical world. Um, so there are it's a twenty five trillion dollar industry called the industrial economy, manufacturers, uh, automotive, avionics, and 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 so on. Uh, these are companies that that deal with, you know, life critical issues, um, and, uh, and it turns out the application of AI machine learning in the physical world is far more challenging than in the digital world. Our short tagline is, you know, we help you translate domain expertise into AI machine learning.
0: Um, Yeah, one comment I wanted to add was, um, I remember um, many, many years ago when I first was coming to Vietnam and I had to learn to use UniKey to type in Vietnamese. And so, (laughs) and also when we download spreadsheets and um, and CSVs and all the characters would be all over the place. And one of the things we always had to do was make sure we're using UTF-8 Unicode. So uh, Mm -hmm. thank you for that contribution. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) <laughs> it's something that everyone uses today and we don't even maybe realize it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, would love to hear more about the team at uh, AI-Tomatic and how you're building that out. Um, as, a, as a first question, you know, we can start with who were your first three hires at AI-Tomatic?
2: Well, the entity is less than two years old, April 1st, 2021. Um, but the team, for the most part, we've worked together for almost 10 years. Uh, and and I don't mean just two people, I mean, you know, five, six, seven people. And and so in some way, we can think of what I'm doing with ITOMATIC as one sort of continuous project. Uh, I started a company called Adetail 2012 with PhDs from, uh, from U.S. universities. Uh, long story short, that company got funding on recent Horowitz and so on. And then through that relationship, we met with uh, a lot of large enterprises, one of whom happened to be Panasonic. And, and uh, Panasonic, as you may know if you research, 2018 was their 100th anniversary, right? Um, and so Panasonic itself was undergoing a massive strategic transition from, I'm going to call it the 20th century to the 21st century. Some people think of it as hardware to software. And so the AI work that we did at, at ATAO, uh, or you know, also known as a was quite interesting to Panasonic. And we found that having the sandbox that is the global footprint of Panasonic to apply our technology, our knowledge to is quite interesting. So, so we became acquired. We got, we got acquired by, by Panasonic. I ended up running global AI there. Uh-huh. So in April 2020, we launched out again. We, we did a spin out, which itself is very special. Uh, so anyway, that's a long answer to the unique. Trajectory that is uh, automatic. Uh, depending on how you look at it, it's a very young company, uh, but a very established team, and and we we know how to work together. You know, we know who our strengths and weaknesses, and of course, we we grow and we hire new team members as well.
0: Thank you for sharing that, Chris. Um... I guess, I mean, you know, teams following, you know, the manager or founder um, through one or two ventures or multiple ventures, um, isn't uncommon. I guess, you know, a another question here is, did you have to convince anyone to say, hey, from Remo to automatic, this is the next step and you're definitely part of the journey or was it kind of always assumed like, what was that thought process and conversation like?
2: Well, uh... I would say ITOMATIC is very fortunate in having a founding team and not a single founder, right? Um, uh, It wasn't a matter of my having to convince people to go and follow me. Uh, We were already working together, and we sort of have to convince ourselves, right? Hey, is they are there, right? And, And we saw a huge opportunity in solving problems of companies like Panasonic in applying AI machine learning because, like I said, it's, it's not an easy. Uh, oh, just give me the data. I'm going to plug it into these algorithms, and, and magic comes out the other end. Uh, so we all saw that 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 you know magic together, right? Now, to be fair to me, of course, it does require, you know, uh, sort of having a clear vision about what the problem statement is, and 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 uh, uh, you know how you know how are we going to solve it in a way that that makes a lot of money, but also is you know changes the world. Um, uh, in a way that, you know, today, uh, you know, we, we live mostly, most of us live at the top of the Maslow Pyramid, for better or for worse. And so we always are motivated by something that is greater than ourselves, right? So so you have to articulate a vision, you have to believe in one, you have to have one, and articulate to, to, to other team members uh, that will mm-hmm. join you and say, why is this worth doing among all the other opportunities that, that, that we have? Just like I'm sure you guys at uh, at Ascend Ventures, you know, you're 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 mission focused, right? You're, you're you're not there just because this is just oh a nice job to do. Uh so so Bing did something to convince you to join him, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's definitely true. Um you know, when you think about the, you say, I love what you said about this is a founding team, right? And you have so many years of experience working together. Um, can you talk about some of the people on the team and kind of what made them great contributors to this founding team, such that you continue working with them?
2: Right. So, so there is this conventional wisdom, which is, which is true. That is, you find people that are different from you, right? Um, now you got to break that down. Different how? Uh, I think it's very important not to have differences in value system. very important. So you got to find people that have the same value system as you. Uh, but the difference is in sort of capabilities and, and areas of coverage, right? Uh, so I am, and I pride myself in being a very deep geek, right? I really understand technologies and um, and, and that's that's a that's a very deep statement in in the sense that, I've lived long enough, but I've also been a, a very, uh, I, I learned very quickly, right? And Nanda Kishore, who is, you know, if you look at his profile, is very similar, right? If you look at LinkedIn, it doesn't tell you exactly, uh, you know, also entrepreneur, uh, computer science, master's from, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, CMU, and has, you know, built companies, has been a GM at, at Amazon, um, and and so on. Uh, on the other hand, Nanda is much, much better than I am at that human interface, right? So so he's a, sort of our chief customer officer, right? So I think Nanda is sort of my perfect partner for that. Uh, and then we have other team members who cover you know, the creative side and the, and the product side and the design side and so on. Um, so I think that the general pattern is that these are the team members that that have very complementary strength. And, and that's what makes... Uh, my statement that we've been working together a long time much deeper than it may seem because we kind of we have a, a, a full coverage right we know each other's strengths and weaknesses and we work together well and you know and, and also you need some some person to take on the the, the task of being the leader right and 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 uh, that is you know we already have that sort of system uh in place for for many years so that, that's how the team works together
0: you mentioned you look for these differences in or you know, complementary skill sets, but you, you want to be aligned on values, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the values that you've always aligned with, uh, you know, your founding team members with? And then how do you, how have you kind of carried those throughout the company um, as you continue to to hire and build a team?
2: Well, we, we actually have uh, uh, 10 core values and, and we acronym it as core value, like C-O-R-E, <laughs> 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 uh, but I'll, I'll talk generally uh about i'll give some examples and then i'll talk about the concept how how i think about core values because otherwise it's it's very wishy-washy uh, so one core value for example is we value ideas right that extends to sitting at the table and that says you bring up or even i bring up an, an idea say, hey what if we do this and then it's okay for someone to say, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. And then immediately after that, we go have a beer. And and that's okay. Not just okay, it's encouraged, right? But far too often, people waste time covering for each other's emotions. Oh, you know, I'm going to sugarcoat what I'm about to say. And then I spend 20 minutes sugarcoating it. And then I get to the point, And by the time I get to the point, there's no point anymore. So for us, that is actually a way to move really fast, right? To say it doesn't matter what. The, once you have an idea, you put it on the table. It, it's not you anymore. It's your credit, your idea, but it is not you. So I can, I can dissect it. I can build on top of it, and you know I I can take it out. And you know these things when I describe these, you know you can easily say yeah that makes sense. But it's very hard to practice. And the fact that it's hard to practice, and if you believe it, you make a core value, mm-hmm. right? Because If you have 27 core values that sound nice, right? Then then that's not a core value, right? A core value is something that is non-negotiable. Like if you don't agree with that, you're a great person, but you're not going to thrive here. So that's how we think about core values. There's a system uh, from John Collins, right? Is it John Collins? Anyway, Jim Collins. Uh, You know, he's a management consultant. He wrote some books like From Good to Great, you know, and and so on, right? And then many years ago, um, I, I read that, and you know, there's different vision frameworks. You just have to adopt one, and I, I adopted his, and and his has three components. One, the first one is the company purpose. The second is a set of missions, and I'm using these words. People have, have a different meaning for mission. A word is what is meant. What I use it to mean. So purpose is very different from missions, and then you also need the set of core values. And I can I can walk through each of those components, but. Uh, we, we have a very strong definition of, of this, you know, what our company purpose is, what the mission for FY23 is, and what are our shared non-negotiable core values are.
0: Um, that's amazing. You know, Going back to what you said about value ideas, separate identity conceptually, like, easy to understand, agree, really hard to practice. Um, yeah. But because of that, it's really powerful, right? Maybe you could share with the audience um, one way in which you actually practice that right so what is one way you can you practice that on like a daily or a weekly basis such that it is instilled with everyone as one of the core values
2: so the idea is that in order to do something like this you have to make sure you have to create an environment where people feel very safe right psychological safety is very very important right psychological safety is a precursor to to productivity if you don't feel safe half of your brain is trying to, to, to figure out, how, how, do I, how do I get safe? Encourage people to say, well, what do you think about this, right? Um, and then go ahead and, and sort of do that template of, of critiquing something. But then, and again, this is some of this effect for to, to reinforce, you know, immediately reward that person for advancing the discussion, even though the idea was bad, right? So things like that. But uh, we also have systems, okay? The, the, you know, these things are not just nice to, you know, I, I really believe in systems, right? Just like your question, you know, okay, that sounds good, how do you do it? So we have, for example, a decision-making template, uh, right? We call it Divergent Convergent DC. And there's a creative phase and there's a, there's a decision-making phase. So during the creative phase, it's a spreadsheet and you just throw a bunch of ideas up there, right? You discuss first and then you say, well, it sounds like we have 27 ideas here. And so you just put them on 27 rows. Okay. And then on the right hand columns, you, you have, have each column is one team member in the discussion. And then each person will judge, will assess each of those ideas on a scale of one through five. The column is not named. And then you sort of do the average of that. And then we rank, we rank that. And by the time you rank it, people realize there's no identity associated with the ideas anymore, right? The identity is completely stripped from that table, right? And of course, then we we look at the top five, we do sanity check. Should that really be at the bottom instead? And are the ideas at the bottom should be up. So there's a whole system for 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 making these decisions and prioritizing them. But you, you notice there's this not so subtle sort of stripping of identity. Whose idea is it? Right. From, from the decision-making.
0: Sounds like a very powerful system. Um, Probably takes a few rounds to, to kind of get used to and um, start to perfect. But yeah, very powerful system. And thank you for sharing that. Um, Moving forward, you know, at VCs, we're always talking about hiring people that are better than yourself. Um, in your case, you brought in this entire founding team, right? But obviously, you are continuing to hire people. So, given your depth of experience and skills, um, do you believe that you're actually able to hire people that are better than what, who are, have skill sets um, that are that surpass your own?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I would I would choose to understand it like this, right? Which is, there are lots of people better than me in various dimensions, maybe in all dimensions simultaneously as well. The question is, why would they come and work for me, right? It's not whether I can accept it. Absolutely, I I love that. But what do I have to do to convince them, right? I come back to this idea of the Maslow's Pyramids, right? So yes, maybe you can do a Maslow's Pyramids of company building, right? So yeah, the company's got to have a strong product vision, got to have a strong product, got to have customers, revenues, and all that, right? but it must also have that extra oomph, right? That thing that motivates people. And I'm not sure if I sort of communicated that when I was talking about automatic, but our team members know our work impacts people's lives, right? Uh, one project we do for example, is, is affecting fisheries off the coast of Japan, right? It's very damaging to the environment. And so the Japanese are advancing this thing called fixed net where the nets are just fixed in the ocean and and fish sort of swim through that well that's that's both helping the lives of the fishermen and also transforming you know the the, the, you know the protecting of the, the ecosystem this is one example among many so in some ways i'm so gratified that i'm working on this problem and not on how to convince you you know to stay watching the videos and clicking on an ad right <laughs> for for a number of years, uh, Silicon Valley was all about maximizing engagement. Like there's literally a company that was started focusing on you know, how do I maximize the endorphins, right? I think yeah, you can apply technology to anything, but but let's let's, let's apply to things that that matter to people's lives.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it brings up a question when you're hiring people, right, and you're looking at skill sets, and but you're also looking at the impact that you're creating with the technology that you have, are you looking for people who are motivated by that mission and that impact, or are you also prioritizing the skill sets first and then, um, you know, their attachment to the mission?
2: Well, uh, I, I think like, you know, just like we are the whole package to them, but they are also the whole package to us. Uh, the skill sets matter a lot, right? Uh, electrical engineering, Physics, mechanical engineering, those are coming back, right? As we move, kind of apply our technology to the physical world, it turns out that skill set is harder to learn on the job than the machine learning, than the programming that is needed. With manufacturing and the making of things coming back to the US, uh, you're you're gonna see the demand for this sort of skill uh, coming up up again. so it, intelligence, of course, you, you, you hire f- for intelligence, right? Uh, not, not just the, the direct skills and so on, but people who are going to grow along with the problems of the company, right? Uh, energy is a little bit misleading. It's a nice word. Uh, it doesn't mean like, you know, jumping up and down energy, you know, the guy come in really enthusiastic and so on. Energy in this sense means getting stuff done, right? There are lots of smart people who don't get things done. Mm. <laughs> and of course, people who get things done but aren't smart, you know are at least more valuable but hopefully they're getting the right things done. Uh, but the last component, uh, integrity, right, is mm. really important, right? That's why Ward Buffett says jokingly, if you get only two, the, you know, the, the missing one will kill you. you. know I'm also a big believer in behavioral question. And never aspirational question, and, and people don't have to lie. We we all we always aspire to be better than we are, right? If you ask me, I, you know what what would you like next year? Next, I'll, I'll always say good things about myself, right? But if you ask me about well, in that situation, Christopher, what did you do? And then you will learn, okay, well, that's how he make decisions, right? Um, and and so that that's sort of how you uh, test for or try to detect whether a person's value system is aligned with yours, is aligned with what, what you aspire your team members. And interestingly, there are many closed conversations we have where things fall apart at the compensation negotiation stage. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: unintentionally, but that, that turns out to be where, you know, you see people who are otherwise very good, but so they start to play games with, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um, Christopher, there are... <laughs> Two questions that we wanted to ask you, number one is obviously you, again, you've had a lot of experience building teams um, and products, you know, across different kinds of organizations and and at different times. Um, And so for you, have your hiring principles changed between now versus 10, 20 years ago, or did it evolve in in any ways and what stayed the same?
2: Mm, Certainly over time. I would like to believe that I've become more experienced. So so definitely there have been changes. So if you go back to the first company that I that I ever built, uh, that was 1995, right? I didn't have that system, right? Um, so clearly that has evolved over time as I learned more. But I think there's sort of some core values that are either implicit, but that I have now made explicit. That hasn't changed, right? Uh, maybe in the past, I was not as systematic and... You know the things that I just talked to you about are things that you learn painfully to what to watch out for. You can't just go by whether you like someone or not, right? It may have been a signal for integrity and so on, right? Uh, so I think that data-driven aspect is something that I've also evolved over time. Got uh, it. Um, uh, uh, and it's also sort of concordant with the times. Like uh, you, you will see this trend. You know. Uh, once, once, once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? Uh, but certainly in the past, we focused mostly on people who can code and algorithms, you know, superiority and so on um, for our purpose anyway. And I, I really believe for the world, uh, you know, over the next 10, 20 years. And you see things like ChatGPT, right? Say, okay. okay, well, I'll just write that code for you, right? It turns out that skill set, which is so much in demand, was a temporary phenomenon. But you still need to go back to fundamentals, right? Computer science studies is not coding, right? That's programming. Um, But understanding the physical world, right? Uh, But I I think that skill set is something that we're looking for that has also evolved because of the company, the nature of our company, the industry we work in, but also the nature of the world.
1: That's actually a really good segue into um, uh, our second follow-up question. You touched on some of these things already, but is there anything else that you think um, CEOs, especially non-technical CEOs, should know uh, when it comes to hiring their first engineers? Uh, Because from our experience working with a lot of these um, founders and CEOs, they struggle a lot. They think that, oh, I'm not coming from a technical background, so I actually don't know what to hire for. right? So any tips, any advice there?
2: I would say, make it be a a customer driven process. Mm. Make it a PMF, right? Product market fit process. Like, don't think of it as you're hiring the CTO for the next ten years. Nothing ever works out that way, right? Um, and and I assume this is not a, a co-founder thing, right? This is sort of the first technical group of people. So try to focus on people that will help you deliver that next 3 months that next 6 months to prove that out right maximize that it may be short term it may be long term but you know the funny thing about startup is that if there's no tomorrow then there's no long, you know next year <laughs> so in other words don't worry too much too far out about the implication of of you know the scalability of this person right in fact i would say sometimes that's a counter indicator right that the more scalable the more senior a person is maybe the more disastrous they may be for your next three months, right? You know, get, get a really energetic kid, right? That would just throw things in at the board so that you can take that and, and sort of test it out with, with your potential customers. So maybe we we'll sum it up as think short term.
1: Mm. Very, <laughs> Very interesting. But, but
2: it, that sounds that sound like a bad advice, but it, in the context of what I'm saying, I, I think enough people don't do that.
0: Yeah, I really like that idea of, you know, think short term and, you know, thinking about the next three months. So um, it's it's like counterintuitive, but I think really uh, salient advice. Um, and so I think, you know, you put it beautifully in, in really helping people think about where these skill sets fit in. And just because someone has a skill set doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be able to solve the problems that you're solving in the business. Right. Or within the within the team. So, yeah, just yeah. Wanted to, to go back to that.
2: Yeah, yeah de- definitely bet on fundamentals plus skill set, right? Because a, a, a person with the fundamentals uh, can pick up the skill set, but not the other way around.
1: Um, so usually what happens after hiring? Um, so you found this great person that is a, that's intelligent, has really good energy and very high level of integrity, right? So um, the work doesn't stop there. Right. Um, you want to make sure that that person can develop within your team, can can make a lot of impact and will stay uh, for the long term. So um, I think a lot of of the times when we talk to uh, founders about hiring, they think hiring is done when the offer is accepted. That, that,
2: that is that is so important. Um, so my, my job, you know, as a CEO now, I, I still do every final interview. And the final interview is not just a sanity check, right? What's the point? My team is quite capable of deciding whether a person is is, is good or not. Uh, my role in that final interview is to answer questions people have, right? I, I usually start by saying, you know, if you have any questions about where the company's going, vision you know where our finances are equity structure you know how we treat people as i'm the guy right (laughs) i'm the guy to answer those questions um um and and then also you know i want to talk to you about how to set you up for success right Mm -hmm. Uh, and and by the way on that our system also involves calling references guess when we call references not at the end Ooh. Yeah. People treat references as a checkbox, right? Uh, when when was the last reference you call that actually made you change your mind about a candidate? So it's really perfunctory, right? So like, what's the point? That's a waste of time, right? Like they, they would have to say that person's a criminal for you not to go ahead. <laughs> so so ninety nine point nine percent of the time, people do references, a total waste of time and resources. A good use of reference calls is to use that. As one person on the on the uh, hiring panel, mm-hmm. that's data point, right? Use that data to make a decision whether to hire in the first place. So so we do that early on, right? And 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 when we do that one call, we have a script, a template, right? And it's you know if you're in the industry long enough, you sort of see each other's scripts. Um, it, it's always you know who did they work well in what situation did they work well? Did they work well for a, You know, somebody who manages uh, a lot of detail or are they they more big picture and and you get a lot of valuable advice from their previous colleagues and managers like they they know this person much better than I do.
1: Great. Great. Um, Would you mind sharing uh, one or two things that you and your team um, do for a new hire to help Mm -hmm. set them up for success?
2: So so by the time that happens, we already have all this information, Mm -hmm. right? We already know. You know, we we, co- we correlate the data and we say, okay, they probably work much better uh, when generally left alone or, you know, they work much better when well-directed or something like that, right? Uh, so we, we have all this information and then we also make sure there's a buddy. And the buddy is not the manager. The buddy cannot be the manager, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and the buddy takes care of all things from, you know, where do you go for Slack and, and how do you... You know, where, where the Google Drive folders and things like that. of so any question that inevitably comes up, go to your buddy, right? Um, and then the onboarding uh, checkboxes and so on, right? So all the process stuff. Um, and then we always set them up with a starter project, right? Mm. We set the expectation and say in 30 days or 60 days, we're not that strict on the number of days, but but certainly within the first 60 days, you will do a presentation, right? And the presentation will be on the you know the impact that you've made on on your starter project, um, and usually people you know say, wow I'm I'm kind of nervous but but guess why we do this this presentation the starter project because it turns out no matter what how junior or senior you are this is one thing I've learned myself included you always have to earn your seat at the table the human emotion people will follow people they trust, right? Trust and confidence are two different things, right? Confidence is about capability, trust is about intentions, right? Uh, You have to earn people's, you earn your place at the table on both of those dimensions.
1: I love it. I love, I really love this idea of giving them a project, um, you know, a goal to work towards. Um, I think that's, that's really, really important.
0: All right. So Chris, if um, you had to pitch Hout and myself on uh, leaving AVV and joining AITOMATIC. How would you do it? What's your 30-second pitch? Uh,
2: okay, I would actually sit down and say, what motivates you? What would get you out of bed every morning, right? And And really have a sincere conversation. Might this be the thing that makes you excited enough to jump out of bed every morning, right? Because it's certainly true for me. And, and believe me, I've had uh, periods in, in 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 life work where I, d- I don't want to get out of bed to run to that thing, right? And and uh, and and so, is there anything that you see about this opportunity, right? For example, like I say, you know, our team members certainly see the opportunity to help make the world truly, truly a better place, right?
0: Thank you for sharing that, Chris. Um... I, I love the, the candid conversation, um, tapping into the motivations, right? Um, so many gems in the conversation today. Thank you so much, Christopher. Um, really appreciate your time today and everything that you've shared. Um, yeah, and looking forward to, to the next conversation. Awesome, I appreciate it.